And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. For many years I've been to church, and on Father's Day, the sermon has always been what fathers should do. I mean, how to be a good dad. And there's nothing wrong with that, amen? But today I want to take a different direction. Amen, I want to look at I want, to, I want us to visit a young man in the Bible who looked at his father, very imperfect, but there are some things his father did well. Mm-hmm. Some things his dad did well, affected his life forever, caused him to be the man he is, an imperfect dad influencing his son. I said imperfect dad, but still influencing. You don't have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? You don't have to have it all together. What you got to do is to be honest with your son. Amen. Especially in your last days. <laughs> Especially some things you got to get corrected on your way out. Some things you know in your heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Also, I don't want to overlook. There are a special set of people I refer to as mom dads. Timothy had two of them in his life. I said, mom, dads. I didn't stutter. I know what I'm saying. These are women who raised their kids without a father and did a wonderful job like Lois and Eunice did to Timothy. Are you with me, saints? We cannot overlook this. God has given these women a special grace to raise young men to be world changers. Second Timothy 1.5 reads, Timothy is talking, Paul is talking to Timothy and he said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, feigned, unfeigned means without hypocrisy. Paul said, I look at you, I've traveled with you and I saw something unique in you that was not deposited in you by a man. Are you getting me sense? I'm here talking about Father's Day, but Timothy's father did not raise him. His mother and his grandmother raised him, and they did a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. But thank God, he got a man in his life. Can you say he got a man in his life? Amen. We thank God for mom and dad, but they can only do so much. Amen? <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. They can only do so much. You need a man. A boy needs a man. Mm -hmm. so can we say it together? A boy needs a he does, he does, because there is a deposit a man can make in a boy's life, a woman cannot. And there is a deposit, there is a deposit a woman can that a man can't. So Timothy had that female touch. He needed Paul in his life. Mm -hmm. God knew he needed a man. Can you say he needed a man? And so Paul took him on his missionary journey. And, Paul, and at the end, Timothy became the bishop of the church in Ephesus. When Paul, when John came from the Isle of Patmos, I've said it before, when John came from Patmos back to, back to civilization, amen, he took in Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he and Mary went to Timothy's church in Ephesus. They attended little Tim Tim's church. Amen. So we thank God for mom dads. I had one of those in my life. And I thank God for what she did. Amen. You know, I always say I feel like Abraham Lincoln. Today is not Mother's Day, but I, I want to put a special, I want to reach out and really, really thank mothers who raised their sons by themselves. I know what it takes. I saw it. I had a first-hand experience. Amen. Abe Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln said, all that I am and, Lord, I, and all that I hope to be, I owe to my mother. And that's how I feel a lot. Can you thank God for mom dads? 
Amen. Amen. Thank God for them. Amen. Now, a couple of months ago, during my quiet time, I was reading from the book of First Kings chapter 3, and I came across a portion of scripture, which after reading, the Holy Ghost whispered to me, from now on, this is what the Holy Ghost said to me, from now on, if you don't have anything good to say about your father, don't say it. That's what the Holy Ghost said to me. If you don't have anything good to say about your father, don't you say it. I need you to honor your father even though he fell short of your expectations. How many of you know sometimes we, 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 we tend to say, amen, what we didn't like about our parents and we forget the good they did. Hmm? You get what I'm saying? They are not perfect. And by no means I'm making excuses for some of the careless mistakes men, dad has made. Are you with me? Hear me. I'm not making excuses for some of the careless. And careless is an understatement to characterize the mistakes some men have made. Amen? I'm not doing that. But all I'm saying is there was some good somewhere, somehow. And sometimes we overlook it. And we spend so much time on the negative, on their failures, on their imperfections. Amen? So today I want to take a different route. Amen? So the Lord said to me from now on, if you don't have anything good to say about your father, don't say it. You know, it's Matthew chapter 15 verse 11. <laughs> says, not that which goeth out of your mouth defile you, but that which cometh out of your mouth. Not what you take in that defiles you, but what comes out of your mouth. And so God was telling me, don't you defile yourself when you speak against your dad. When you tell, I was telling the truth about him. But the truth, the truth was hurting me. You get what I'm saying, saints? And so when God said that to me, from that day on, I stopped. Because God showed me how Solomon covered David. <laughs> God showed me how Solomon, David's child, covered him. You remember, we'll get to the text in a while. You remembered when Solomon stood in the presence of God. And, he, and God asked him, what do you want? He said, he started speaking about whom? His father. He kept saying, I saw how you blessed dad. I saw how dad walked in your presence. I saw how dad was upright. I, and, I kept, and I looked at him for the very first time in my life. I had never seen that. I'd never seen how a young boy who had a faulty father, an imperfect father, covered his father, veiled his father's issues, and God was so pleased, God blessed him. And God said to me, honor your father. I'm here to tell those of you who are here today, honor your father. With all the imperfections, you hear me? I want to cry because I've, I've said so many things about my dad, amen? And God brought it to my, to my attention. Because as a young boy, I was trapped, trapped by my, with my own selfishness. You know, sometimes kids need their dad. And sometimes he's not there. And something happens to you. Yes, it does. How many of you thank God for God the Father? Praise the Lord. But he gave us a father. God chose to use this man to allow us to enter into the world. And so for that, God said to me, I need you to honor your father. Praise the Lord. I know it's difficult. It is difficult. Some people don't even come. I know some folks who don't even come to church on Father's Day because of the pain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, hallelujah. I am delivered. Amen. 
And so I'm able to communicate to you what the Lord said to me. Amen. My dad had done some good things in my life and I overlooked it. I, I was not even aware of it. And then, you know, the Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. <laughs> just, just childish. Amen. Overlooking the good things he did in my life. And um, God delivered me. He said to me, honor your father. Amen. And frankly, since I grew up and I realized, I reflected on my dad's life. And I said, you know, it's difficult when a man is not in a child's life for him to grow up to be a good father. Say that again. It's difficult for a man, for a boy to grow up without a good father and expect him to be a good father. Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest. honest. If you don't have it, you can't give it. You can't give what you don't have. And we've got to be honest. I mean, now that I'm growing, I'm beginning to realize, hey, daddy didn't have it. It wasn't given to him. It's not an excuse. He just didn't have it. And the truth is, some of us fathers, we are not even interested in getting it right. Well, let me say, that. Let me say it in English. Some of us fathers are not even interested in getting it right. Even if we know the truth now. Amen? Ah, God, we give you praise. So, King David, here we are. King David passed away. He passed on. Solomon, Solomon's coronation as king has now been, has now been uh, consummated. Solomon is on the throne. He is between 12 and 20 years old. He has access. Now listen, since he has access to many counselors. Mm -hmm. But rather he chose to lean on what his father said to him at a young age. You hear me? He has access to many counselors. Solomon has 800,000 men from the northern tribe. I'm talking about robust warriors. He has 400,000 men from the southern tribe of Judah and Benjamin. 400,000 robust warriors, 800,000 from the north. A total of 1.2 million strong soldiers. But he chose not to depend. I'm getting somewhere. He chose not to depend on his, on his soldiers, on his army, nor did he choose to, to, to depend on his father's counselors. Let us see what Solomon did. Amen. Let's see what Solomon did. Since this is my first time preaching this right there, God had to open my eyes to that. Amen. So he's asking himself, you bear with me. He's, this is a young, he's on the throne and he's sitting there. If you can go with me back then, he's sitting there and he's asking himself, what do I do? Who do I depend on? Mm? And he finally remembered one of, his, uh, one of the practices of his father recorded for us in 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's get to 1 Kings chapter 3. Let us see what Solomon remembered about his father. Amen. Very familiar portion of scripture. 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's start from verse 2. So we are told only the people sacrificed in high places. What happened since was... Israel had allowed themselves to be overtaken by the Canaanites. And the Canaanites, had, the Canaanites had a practice. They believed the higher up you go, is the, it increases the possibility of God hearing you. So the higher you go, and they build what they called high places. So they had high places on their houses. Uh -huh. They had high places on tall hills. Because they believed the higher you go, 
physically, the better your chances of hearing from God. How many of you know that's erroneous? So Israel adopted the practice. Amen? So they began sacrificing on high places. Hmm? But God had a place for them. Sorry, let me say that again. No temple was built as yet. David was about to build a temple, but God told him, hold up, let Solomon, your son, build it. Amen? So they had no temple as yet. So they had, there was one major place they could go sacrifice, and that was in a place called Gibeon. Now you hear me? In a place called Gibeon. Now they had a choice. They had a choice to stay home and sacrifice or go to Gibeon and sacrifice. From where they were to Gibeon was about 5 to 10 miles. Can you say 5 to 10 miles? Or they could stay home and sacrifice. Typically like what we do today. We stay home <laughs> and call it church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> or we can go to the house of the Lord. Most people just stay home. I want you to see what's going on. Now, how many of you know that sacrificing animals is likened to what? Is likened to what? Sacrificing animals in the Old Testament is likened to what today? Church, church, that's correct. Going to church, but specifically, what do we do in church? Huh? I'm just, you, it is not a trick question. Somebody say it. Praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. We bring sacrifice of praise unto the house of the That is why when you come to praise, don't expect it to be easy. When you come in the presence of God, don't expect praise, the feeling of praising God to settle on you like a fog. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is a what? Sacrifice. Your enemy, your mind, it takes some time to unplug. That is why sometimes God tells me to just play the music and let people unplug. You may think that we are just playing the song over. No, no, no. Believe me, sometimes I want to stop more than you want to stop. But I hear God telling me the people need to unplug. Because praising God is a sacrifice. So sacrificing in the Old Testament is tantamount to praising God now. We don't bring animal sacrifices like they did in the last time. But we bring ourselves. What we bring ourselves and we are to open up our mouth and praise the Lord. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? And so it's very important. You need to understand that. Do not expect the feeling. I've heard people say to me, well, pastor, I don't feel it. You don't feel what? Just a big old baby Christian. There is no feeling when it comes to praising God. The Bible says God has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You will feel heavy when you come in the presence of God. Because all week we are, we are, we are unplugged. We are unplugged all week. You expect to come in the presence of God and feel light? Who told us so? So that is why we need to press in, press in, open up your mouth and praise the Lord. And as you praise the Lord, some things have, the Bible says, the Bible says, uh, um, God has ordained the praise. 
in the mouths, Psalms 8, of babes and sucklings to steal the enemy and the avenger. So as you start praising God, I'm, a David is, I'm getting to David. <laughs> as you start praising God, amen, you, you, you begin feeling light. Amen. The buttons begin to... Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? That is why it seems David, not David, Moses went up to God. God told him, come up, we need, to, we need to have a talk. Now you'd think if God tells you, come up, we need to have a talk. As soon as you come, they would talk, right? Seven days, God hasn't said nothing. Seven days in the presence of God. Quiet! How many of you would have said, well, I think I'm going to go home. I said, Seven days? But the reason why is because sometimes you got to unplug. And that's what God waited for, for Moses to do. Moses, you have to unplug. That is why praying every day is so important. Are you with me, saints? That is why what? Praying every day is important because you are unplugging. You are unplugging and you are fighting. You're showing up for the fight. So Solomon remembered something about his dad. <laughs> Ah, glory be to Jesus. And Solomon remembered one thing about daddy. He may have issues, but one thing he did right. He knew how to sacrifice, which is he knew how to praise God. <laughs> daddy may have issues. Uh-huh. Daddy messed up his family, amen. But one thing he knew how to do was to praise, praise God. Oh God, I give you praise. If, if there is one thing daddy did right, was praising God. And Solomon remembered, I don't have to depend on counselors. No, I'm beginning my career as king and I need the Lord. Oh God, I give you praise. I thank God for daddy's counselors. I thank God for the army. But the Bible says, they who know their Lord will do valiant in battle. I said I was going to be quiet. Ah, oh God, I give you praise. Because I'm telling you, men, fathers, we've lost ground. And the way to recapture some of that ground is to learn to praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? And so here's Solomon. He remembered his father. Oh, there are some things Solomon remembered about his dad. I want to tell you quickly because we might not have a lot of time. Solomon remembered his dad. His daddy used his money to build the house of God. I'll show you in a while. David, from his own treasury, gave 20 billion. That's not bad for a shepherd boy who started in the desert. <laughs> to write a check for 20 billion? God, I give you praise. He had nothing. He started in the backside of, his, of the desert. But he knew how to praise God. <laughs> ah, glory be to Jesus. He praised God with his money. He praised God with his resources. He praised God with his mouth. He praised God with his body. Once he was praising God and his box was shut. shut. You, <laughs> he was praising God. His pants fell out. And they said, look, his box is shut. It is red. Red is for victory. <laughs> <laughs> he knew how to praise God. You see, David praise. What praise does? What praise does? It softens your heart. It makes you like a little child before God. Mm -hmm. That's what, it makes you childish. And God says, "Of such 
It's the kingdom of God. Yeah, you come to him like a child. You open up. Oh, the kingdom is yours. You just ask for whatever you want now. Today, unfortunately, men, we come to church, praise God, and you got to break two shoulders and you know, to, to get their hands like that. I'm not criticizing, amen. The easiest thing and the most powerful thing a human being can do is this. But for some reason, the devil, the devil has led us to think otherwise. Oh, this weak, this is not weak. That's a posture of power. <laughs> That's a posture of power, position. I was walking the other day and, I, you know, a, a song came. Great is your mercy towards me. Your loving kindness. Great is your when they listen i almost fell out i was walking i the 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 uh, the, the, the um <laughs> the headphones fell out the water came from my hand and i wasn't i was some some some, some a few people were driving by by they almost hit a vehicle the, the first time they've seen a man praising god everything just fell out from the ground is your mercy and it doesn't matter where it, it, it could be it could be in the line at the utility place glory be to God it could be in the bank line I will praise God right. said look this is it for me yeah. great is your mercy your your loving kind your tender mercies I see day. That did something to me. Hallelujah. 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 And so David knew how to praise God. And so Solomon is sitting there. He's saying, I know exactly what to do. Because I saw daddy did it when he was between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> hey, glory be to Jesus. You don't have to have it all together to pass on a legacy to your kids. Glory be to God. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? Hallelujah. If you know how to praise God, Hallelujah. It's going to be all right. Israel was about to, Israel had no leader. Joshua died, and they had not trained other leaders. Yes. And the children of Israel at the beginning of the book of Judges, they are in the promised land, no leader. And they ask, which tribe must we send up first? You got to, you got to look at it. Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1. You got to see it. You got to see what the Lord said. God did not even give them a chance to answer. You got it? Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, uh-huh, verse 2. Who? Hold on. After the death of whom? Joshua. Because then Joshua did not train. Joshua, like Samuel, did not train. Samuel had sons. He did not train them to be prophet. Joshua was so busy, amen, fighting. He didn't have time to train another generation, amen. And so now he's dead. There's nobody to pass on the baton to. What do we do? <laughs> and so they begin to ask, which tribe? They are all trembling. They are afraid. Which tribe must we send for some? God said, who shall go up for us against the Canaanites to fight? Sorry, Canaanites first. Who must go up what? First. <laughs> uh, to fight against them. But I want, to, I, want, I want you to look at the word first. Because that's priority. 
There are some things you cannot do second. <laughs> In this life, you're going to risk doing something second. There are some things you are to do first. Let us see what God said. And the Lord said, send up whom? Judah. Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land. I have delivered what? The land into his hand. Anybody knows what the name Judah means? Yes. Judah means praise. praise. It's from a root word. Judah is from a root word that means to praise and to celebrate. God said, praise. <laughs> God, I give you praise. I think you get the point. I think you get the point. You get the point. David knew how to send praise first. So here is Solomon. At the start of his career, he is asking, what do I send first? And he said, I remember what daddy sent first. <laughs> oh God, I give you praise. That's what we said. I'm here to talk to dads. Send praise first. And guess what God said about praise? I have delivered the land into praise's hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have delivered the land. Anything you need, I've delivered it to praise. You got to praise, you got it. Yeah, you got to praise, you got it. Yeah, you say, if I got to praise, yes. I got it. God said, they're asking, who must I send the first? Who must I send the first? In priority, who must I send first? Send the praise. Send worship. Mm. And so here's Solomon. So now Solomon, he's watching. Solomon know his father when when it comes to God David goes large No, when David does things for God he doesn't he doesn't tiptoe he doesn't hold back he doesn't function on the periphery no no no, no. he's right in the center and it's always more than enough Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you with me, saints? So Solomon knew that. Solomon looked at everybody worshiping, um, 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 sacrificing at their houses in the high place. Solomon said, I'm not going to stay here and sacrifice like everybody else. This is it. I'm not going to stay on the same level like everybody else when it comes to praise and worship. <laughs> I'm going to go down to Gibeon. Uh -huh. Because in Gibeon, you've got to see that. Can you go to 2 Kings chapter, Lord, I give you praise. I'm trying to make a point here about the man's father. Glory be to Jesus. So with dads, I tell you, dads, you, you, you get it, you'll be all right. Let me tell you, you get it, you'll be all right. God will come behind you. And all the mistakes we've made, God will turn it around. Hey, glory be to Jesus. Mothers also. You got it? So here we are um, in First Kings, is it First Kings? Yeah. No, no, it's First Kings chapter three. First Kings chapter three. Let's read it. Yeah. Can you go to verse two? And Solomon made. Yeah. Only the people sacrificed in high places. Who sacrificed in high places? Only the people. Everybody sacrificed in high places. They, they don't want to. They, they, they want to. They want to. They want. They want. They want to stay where it's comfortable. They want to do what's comfortable. Oh, not Solomon, because he knows what his dad did. He saw what his dad did, and he saw the results his dad got. So this is what the Bible said. Because there was no house built in the name of the Lord. Until what? Those days. So 
no house for the Lord. There is now, now there is a there is the remnant of a temple is in Gibeon. The remnant of a temple, exactly where, where God said to sacrifice, a remnant of it is five to ten miles away. But they don't want to go. No, they don't want to go. They want to stay and do what's easy. They like easy peasy lemon squeezy. <laughs> Let, let me tell you something I found out on this earth. Christians were not born for easy. No, no. We were born to grow and stretch. Yes. You get what I'm saying? We were born to grow and stretch. Because it's in growing you become who you were born to be. It's in stretching you become who you were born to be. It's in the stretch you get revelation. It's in the, it's in the sacrificing you get revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody knows how a pearl is formed? Pressure, Pressure right? From a what? From a grain of what? Sand. From a grain of sand. You, you, everybody knows that, right? If you look at sand on the microscope, what will you see? Huh? Sharp edges. Yeah, but, but, but in particular, what you would... The sand, the grain of sand that was caught in the oyster... It wasn't a grain of it was it wasn't a grain of sand when it was caught. Oh, hold on, hold on. It wasn't a gem when it was caught. It was a gem before. <laughs> it is the pressure, huh? That makes it grow and explode. But it was a gem before. If you look at sand on the microscope, all you see is little gems. Little gems, little gems in the raw. I looked at it, I was shocked. My mentor said to me, Emmanuel, look at, look at sand on the microscope. And I looked at it like, jewel, just jewel. I mean, it's like little diamonds on the microscope. To the human eye, it's just something you walk on. You know, we are walking on, we are walking on, on diamonds. And when you go to the beach, yeah. that's what you walk on. But in its raw state. When you put it, look at it this afternoon, look at sand on the microscope and it's going to blow your mind. How, how did I get there? Pressure. 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 Yeah, yeah. Pressure and sacrifice. You, you know why we have very little gems in church? Well, let me move on here. Let me move. Let me move. Yeah, let me move. And nowadays you can even push because folk going to say, well, I'll walk, just throw up their hands and walk away. Too much pressure. I'm saying, are you a Christian or not? You were not born for easy. Easy kills quickly. Amen. So here's Solomon. That is in his mind. And the Bible says, and Solomon loved the Lord. Walking in what? In the statutes of, his, of David his father. Not in the statutes of his counselors. No, 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 no. Not in the statutes of his army, but in his fathers. O only his sacrifice, burnt offering, and what? Only, the only thing Solomon did that God didn't like, which all Israel was doing, was that he sacrificed in these high places. That was never God's intention. But because there was no temple, God made an allowance for it. Are you with me? Let us see what happens in verse 4 now. So, and the king went to... Gibeon, Solomon decided, I'm not staying home to sacrifice anymore. Everybody's doing that. I don't want to do that. I want to give God my best. <laughs> you, <laughs> glory be to Jesus. You see, Gibeon, since, listen, 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 Gibeon 
um, was about, as I said, four to five miles from where he was, Benjamin. And there was a remnant, as I said, of the, uh, of the temple in Gibeon. And Solomon said, I know where God says to sacrifice. Or there is a place that looks like where God said to sacrifice. I'm going to obey God and do that like my father did. I'm not going to stay on my porch, climb a ladder, go on top of my house. That's too easy. Everybody's doing that. I'm going to get away from my comfort place. And I'm going down to Gibeon. And he said, go to sacrifice. Can somebody say to praise and worship? Yeah, I'm not going to stay in my bedroom and walk back and forth. There is a house of the Lord. 4750 Capital Circle Southeast. You see at the house, there is a TV. There can be distractions. So I'm going to leave the house. I know gas is cheap. Uh, sorry, I know gas is expensive. But I can do it twice a week. Are you with me? I, I can leave the house twice a week to come in. I'm trying to make it relevant. Why are you being so quiet? I can leave my house twice a week. Amen. To come in the presence of the Lord. To send praise first. You see what praise does? Praise orders your future. Praise rearrange your future. Praise go ahead of you. And make the crooked places straight. Praise go ahead. And bring down the valley. Praise ensures you have very little issue. You know why we have a lot of issue? Much issue. Little praise much praise a little issue I know I know I, I, I've lived it let me say it again much praise little issue much issue little praise watch me guaranteed guaranteed <laughs> I've lived it been a Christian over 35 to 40 years. I know, I know, I've seen it. There were days my life was like this. And pressure on every side. And at the same time, my prayer life was doing that. And my praise life. And the pastor said to me, son, you are not showing up for the fight. I didn't understand. You see, these preachers, some of them, they speak, they speak above your head and they expect you to catch it and he doesn't move out. Yeah. <laughs> Because you see, they, they, they used to ask me, how long have you been in church? 10, 15 years. You should know what I'm talking about. You should grow by then. Mm, they expect. And these are men, these are men who failed forward. And now they haven't got time to play. They haven't got time to mess around. And so one statement is like half a book. It's weighty. Mm, you get, one statement is weighty. You have to try to, when you, when you hear it, it, it'll take you a couple of months to... To chew it and get away. He said, he said, you're not showing up for the fight and move on. I'm saying, not showing up for the fight. Well, the Bible tells us the weapons of a warfare, we're in war. The Bible tells you in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's what he's saying. You are not showing up for prayer and pray, so therefore you have a lot of issues. That's what he was saying. And I never understood it, but I got it. And when I got it, Oh God, I tell you, I began showing up for the fight. Things began to turn around in my life. The pressures of life began, you, I could feel the weight being lifted. I, all I had to do was just stay for one hour and I would praise and just shout. I said, Pastor, can I get the keys for the church? He said, what do you want the keys for the church for? I said, I just want to go in there and praise the Lord. He said, son, do you want one key or you want two keys? <laughs> <laughs> because he understood the importance he said I've been waiting for somebody to come and ask me because he said as you grow the church is going to grow he said you're coming in the house of the Lord to and I kid you not about five of us we came 
And in about two, three years, the church just blew up. Yeah. That is why the devil has us staying home. He wants us not to show up for the fight. That, that, that's all it is. So Solomon decided I'm not staying home. Uh, he said, I'm going to Gibeon. And notice, everybody do one or two offerings. <laughs> one, or two, one or two offerings is like into five minutes of prayer. You know, five minutes of prayer. Lord, I thank you and I bless you. Like that. Glory be to God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you. Thank you, Master. He's a good, good God. Woo, glory be to God. That's, one or two, that's what one or two offerings look like. <laughs> but... <laughs> Let's see what he did. Because his father, his father, when his father praises God, he, his father goes large. And so he said, he said, and you went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the what? The great high place. That was the if you want, if you want to there was enough place in Gibeon for everybody in Israel to offer sacrifice. Are you with me? To get at the same time. He went there. And he took how many, uh, how many burnt offerings? 1,000 burnt offerings. Now, now, can you think about the time it takes to prepare one burnt offering? You multiply that by 1,000. Can somebody say time? You see, you see, we just read that and we move on. It took him days to offer 1,000 burnt offerings. At Gibeon, one offering after another. I believe on the tenth offering, he got heaven's attention and heaven began looking. I believe on the twentieth offering, not only he got heaven's, the, the, the great cloud of witnesses joined the angels. And by the time he was on a hundred, everybody, everybody, everybody kept looking, everybody in heaven drinking iced tea and lemonade and saying, that's it, Solomon, that's it. By the time he reached a thousand, the boy went to sleep and God showed up the same night. Because he didn't do just the bare minimum. Since the bare minimum has never worked. Not even employers want the bare minimum. Not even employers. They said, next. In the, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, in the world, employers don't want that. It's next. Let's move on. But we bring everything. But when it comes to God, you see, we don't, I do not know why we don't make the, the correlation. The man brought a thousand. You know how much time it takes to drag a thousand burnt off? <laughs> you, you, to get a thousand of them, he did not. <laughs> yeah, he had, there was no courage to bring a thousand. He had, they had to walk wow. 10 miles and he had to have people. On either side, so they can. You, you, and heaven is looking at that. And heaven is looking at the people who stayed home mm, to take a shortcut. And he's looking. Thank you so much. And he's, and he's looking at Solomon. Uh huh. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? What about you and I? Dads, what about us? Are we doing like Solomon? Because what Solomon has in his mind, anybody can tell me what is driving Solomon to do that. Can anybody just share? Example by his father. A boy's father's influence is driving him to give God the best. Yes. I was about to name that. I was about to. 
was about to entitle the sermon like father like son but I know sometimes it doesn't turn out right all the time so I retreated but that was my first title like father like son uh-huh father's influence is driving a boy he said I know God is somewhere I see what God did to my with my dad I saw how God blessed my dad because my dad went large for God and so if dad went large for God and God showed up for dad I'm going large with God and notice what happened offerings did Solomon offer upon that altar can you go to verse 4 verse 5 sorry quickly in Gibeon where in Gibeon where did the Lord appear not at all of them were at the houses on their roof yeah taking a shortcut God did not appear to them where they were in a place of comfort <laughs> Lord, I give you praise. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in what? In a dream. By why what? By night. By night, when all his senses were shut down. That is what praise does. Praise unplug you. And it shuts down your five senses so you can feel and hear God. Hmm? In a dream by night and God asked him and God said ask what shall I give you I'm your genie for tonight you do, how, how many of you like God to show up and tell you I'm your genie for tonight what do you want Lord have mercy oh God I give you praise but look at the sacrifice to get men to bring a thousand goats a fa you don't understand Mm, for days and stay there for days and his clothes was bloody because you have to offer the sacrifice you see being a preacher back then was something with you were always in blood because you're always cutting always cutting uh, if it, <laughs> that's a different that's a different sermon so let's move on and God asked what shall I give thee let's see what they say quickly before I bring it to a close I'm talking to fathers let us see what the son says to God based on what his father did and Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto whom? Who is he talking about? Yeah. His daddy. He's talking about the influence of his dad in his life. He said, Your servant, my daddy, my father, you showed him great mercy according as he walked. Notice what he's saying about David. He said, My father walked before you in what? In truth. And in what? And in uprightness of heart. And you kept him for this great kind. Listen to me. He never said, No, I know that killed Uriah. I know that he's veiling his father's imperfections. <laughs> Ooh, what a son! That's when God said to me, I want you to honor your father. If you have nothing good to say, shut up. I've never said anything about my dad after that. When he showed me how Solomon veiled his father's imperfection. And he said, do it for me. See what the man said, what he said about his father. He said, he said, and you kept for him this great kindness. And what he's saying, you kept for David the crown. You made me king. That's the kindness you showed to David. I don't deserve that. He said that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. What he's saying is most kings, their sons don't succeed them. Succeed them. They die. Somebody take over. 
coup d'etat, robbery, treachery. And he's saying that, that great kindness you've shown from father to son. Why? Because David, he said, walk before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. If you look at the, if you look at the, if you look <laughs> in Matthew chapter 1 and you look at the genealogy, amen, of, the, <laughs> of Mary or Joseph, you will see where, you will see where God said David uh, married uh, Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. Even God said that. He told, and Solomon is veiling his father's imperfections. Listen. Unto sit on the throne as it is this day. Can you go to verse 6 quickly? And I'm going to. And now, Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant. How he call himself? He called he call himself a servant. Hmm? He called him servant king. Instead, instead he means in succession. He succeeded, amen? My, my father David. And I am but a what? A little child. He's, he said, he is, he's, 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 he's of telling God I'm inadequate. I don't deserve this. I'm just, I'm just a child. I didn't earn this. My father did, not me. David fought all the wars so his son could live in peace. <laughs> that is why fathers today we have to fight a war with the devil so our children can live in peace mothers too now is the time for us to fight put in the time in prayer put in the time in fasting are you with me saints so God can go ahead of us and clear a, and clear a path for us and when we go our kids just keep coming no problem so they can stand on our shoulders let me move on here. Bring it to a close. And I'm a little child. I know not how to go out and come in. I do not know how to lead. I didn't go to school for that. I didn't do any leadership course in school. I mean, I just saw my father. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have. Can I go to verse 7? And now, Lord, my God, thou hast made, sorry, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered or counted for multitude it was about israel was about four to five maybe between four and five million people at the time and think about it i think he was 15 years old a 15 year old on the throne four million people what are you going to do he didn't go to his counselors his father's counselors he didn't go to his to the to the army he went to praise and worship he went to praise and what that's where he started his career with praise on a great people thou cannot number accounted for multitude. Let me bring it to a close. Verse 9. Give therefore thy servant. He never said. Solomon never referred to himself as a king. In talking to God. Neither did David. It's something he got from his father. David always said I'm your servant. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. God called David a prophet. That's right. God was the one who said, this man is a prophet. Servant, an understanding heart to judge thy people. What did he ask for? An understanding heart. Where did Solomon get that? Proverbs 4. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 so I can bring it to a close. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's see what David, Solomon is recounting what David told him. In, Sol in David's old age, listen, listen to what he told Solomon. Hear you children. This is Solomon speaking. He said, hey, 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 listen up everybody. Hear the instruction of a father. 
and attend to know understand. attend to know what what did he ask God for okay so he's saying they attend to know understanding let us let us see where you get understanding from verse 2 verse 2 says for I give you good doctrine sound teaching forsake you not my law he's saying that is what his father said to him well, <laughs> let's go to verse 3 verse 3 he said for I was my father's son tender he said I was at a very young age very young age tender at an can you say impressionable age that's the age you really teach kids in when they are impressionable when they are flexible the, can somebody say tender? tender he said when I was tender and and only beloved in the sight of my mother uh-huh amen he was only Bathsheba's son verse 4 quickly he David taught me also and said listen to what David tell him let your heart return return my word keep my commandments son verse 5 verse 5 what did David tell him and get what what did he ask God for his father told him his father his father told him you see the you see the correlation now he didn't just ask God for you know he said I'm going to praise and worship God and when I praise and worship God God is going to come for me he's going to show up for me I'm asking him to give me what daddy had <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus so I came here to tell the men I'm gonna have to cut this sermon short <laughs> came here to tell the dads send the praise first mm -hmm. God said to send Judah first that if you're looking today send the praise first everybody it's a principle for everybody what do you send first praise, praise. how do you send the praise first you steal away yes. on a daily basis mm -hmm. and you find somewhere to praise God you may have to leave your house if it's distract if there is distraction Mm -hmm. The TV's on, your neighbors are screaming, your dog is barking. What do you, you got? You got to leave the house. You got to unplug and go somewhere. That, you know, this is what I was asking. I asked the Lord, why did you call me to be a pastor? Because I was okay doing accounting. I kid you not. And I loved accounting. I interned at Pfizer in New York. They paid me five grand. And they said, you go back to FAMU. Get your degree and come back. We'll send you to the, to the university, university, university of New York to get a PhD in accounting and a master's in finance. I came back and I was ready. And God just stepped in my life. You hear me? And God said to me, all these years, you left your house, going to the church, praying for hours. All these years, you served these men like a Hebrew slave. Mm -hmm. That is why. Because God says in Luke 16, 10, if you, what he said in Luke 16, you got to see it. He that is faithful in, 16, 12, sorry, 16, 12, 16, 12, sorry. If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is yours? He said you were faithful serving these men like a Hebrew slave and by default you qualify today folk that are interested in serving another man today in the 20th century serve what that's a curse word serve how when where 
Oh no, and God didn't say serve me. He said that which is another man's. He didn't say me, no, in another man's ministry. It's right in the Bible. And folk call me, ask me all the time, Pastor, how come I'm not moving forward? I say, have you read Luke 16, 12? Have you served like it? Have you served like you're served, serving purely? Not wanting to be a pastor, not wanting a title, just serving from the heart. Just say, let's just love God and just be thankful I'm going to heaven. And God said, I couldn't let that go to waste. Mm -hmm. I couldn't let that go to waste. And that is why. And so I was quiet because I was about to step out. <laughs> Glory be to God. That's what, that, that's what David, that's what Solomon saw his father did. That's what the boy was looking at his daddy. He looked at his daddy. Listen to me. Solomon looked at his daddy, gave a speech. David gave a speech. David gave a, David gave a speech in 1 Chronicles chapter, chapter 29, verse 10. And David opened his arms before the congregation and began to pray. I, I'm going to this. I promise this is my last scripture. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 10. Listen, listen to what David, look at what David did. De Wherefore David blessed the Lord before what? The congregation. He, Solomon was there looking at his dad. David went on his knees and he said, he, uh, and David said, David blessed, he said, blessed be thou Lord God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Can you go to verse 12, verse 11. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power. He said, you have a monopoly. On greatness, you own power, you own glory, you have a monopoly on victory and majesty, all that is in heaven. And his 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 son is listening to him. Fast forward thousands of years, when the when the temple was built, what did Solomon do? The very same thing. The boy knelt and tell God every prayer that prayed towards the temple that was built in front of the entire congregation, like he saw his father did. You know, I've never seen that until God showed that to me. When God said to me, you need to respect your father. Mm -hmm. Honor him. Stop saying that. Yeah, he did it, but you're hurt. <laughs> and he, you need to get healed. <laughs> Fathers, send the praise first. Send the praise first. And I'll tell you this right. I'll tell you this much. God will give you the years the conqueror has eaten. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.